Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 92 of Starting the Conversation. And welcome to a bit of a different small talk episode where instead of sharing some digital marketing expertise or perhaps giving you an inside look about how my business runs, I'm instead gonna take the time to share with you my story and how I got the business to where it is today. Now this does feel a little bit self-indulgent and narcissistic, but I realized that across these episodes and the conversations that I'm having, I talk about elements of my story a lot. And unless you wanna go and listen to me on 10 other people's podcasts to piece together each piece of the story, it might be nice just to have one place where you can hear it in full. And if you're curious, understand why the whole accidental entrepreneur is a thing and understand how I go from that to what I've got today. Now, the main reason that I was prompted to do this episode is because I recently sat down with my friend Lucy Hitchcock on her podcast, uh, The Winging It Podcast. She was recently on this podcast, if you've listened to her episode. Uh, And within her podcast, she asked everyone, what was your first job? And when she asked me this question, I realized like, hey, my first jobs were pretty cool and actually quite connected to what I do now, but I've never talked about them. And then I shared a little bit of them on social media and was like, hey, are any of you actually interested in how I get from that job to here? And quite a few of you were like, okay. So I figured I would start there, my very first job. And I have only had two jobs that sat outside of running my own business. And technically both of those weren't even proper jobs within both of those. I was freelance or kind of running a business, but definitely not actually running a business. At the age of 15, I worked with a family friend who did shabby chic furniture. You know, the kind of furniture where you like buy it off Gumtree, paint it white, scratch some of the paint off and then sell it for double the price. That was what I did. And after about three months of working for her and helping out in her studio, she decided to stop the business. And I thought off the back of that, well, I've suddenly got all these skills and I know where she buys her stuff. So maybe I should do something similar. Now, I definitely wasn't good enough to do furniture and I don't think I had the knowledge or the space or the money to do that. So instead I thought I'm gonna make something way more accessible, I'm gonna make signs. So at the age of 15 in very much inverted commas, I started my own little business. It was called Alice's D Signs get it? Like Alice's designs, but signs, I know, marketing genius at 15. Um, And I started making these little wooden plaques with twine on them, which said cute phrases on them, like live, laugh, love, or believe, or faith, hope, love, or trust. And I basically flogged them to all of my mum's friends on Facebook, on Etsy, and also at some local conferences. So I ended up doing that for about a year, loved it, spent a lot of time in B&Q, buying spray paint, spent a lot of time in my parents' shed, probably gassing myself, and it was good fun. I don't quite remember why I stopped that because if I go down into my parents' shed, there's still loads of my shit in there. So it definitely wasn't that I ran out of materials or it felt right to stop the business. In honesty, I was probably just not that passionate about it and being a bit lazy. But that takes me on nicely to my second ever real job. And again, it doesn't really sound like a real job when I say it outside of running this business, which wait for it, was as an elf. I know. So when I was 16, I remember walking around our local garden center with my parents and seeing an advert for elves because it was coming up to Christmas time and they run a Christmas grotto there. And being the 16 year old that I am, I was like, cool, sounds like the best thing ever. I want money. Being an elf sounds pretty easy. Let's do it. So I applied for this job. I got it. All was good. I start my first day. Now you have to remember me at 16 is me now 
but without the ability to perhaps read a room or respect authority. So I spent my first day being an elf, loved the job, didn't love the way that things were run. I was like, damn, this system could be more efficient. I don't wanna work here under these rules. So at the end of the first day, I remember going to the boss and being like, hey, big boss, his name was Phil. He's honestly the best manager I've ever come across. And I was like, this is cool. I'm loving this, but maybe here's a few ways this could be run differently. I know. Who the freak did I think I was? But Phil, being the great guy that he is, was like, cool, go and do those things. So I then spent that whole Christmas period almost being like head of the elves and supporting Phil's role in managing this Christmas grotto. Now, when I say Christmas grotto, I feel like I need to preface that by saying it's not just your classic shed with a Father Christmas in it. People go in and out, job done. No, no. This is like an experience. It takes like 40 minutes to an hour to go through. There's actors along the way. There's activities. You make cookies. You meet live reindeer. There's like four Santas running at once. Sorry if you're listening to this with kids around. Santa is real. It's a thing. So I freaking love that. It was a great challenge. And at 16, I was so excited to be finally doing something. One of my biggest frustrations with school, although I loved it and I was such a nerd, was that I felt like I was just learning stuff for the sake of repeating it in exam and that really frustrated me. So to be given that challenge was the best thing. Now I've actually just realized that I was 15 when I got that job as an elf and did that work, not 16, very sorry. Yes, I know technically illegal to work at 15, but practices were not quite so regulated back then. So I was 15 at that point. And then fast forward to being 16 and Phil, again, big boss, best guy that I've ever worked for slash only guy that I've ever worked for, came back to me and was like, Alice, we need an events manager what do you think? So whilst it sounds a little crazy saying it now, and I don't quite understand why he trusted me so much, he asked me to come back, help with the recruitment process, manage all of the hours, figure out all the booking stuff, and basically just run this event. Now again, at 16, I was buzzing at this, and I was given the challenge of making sure that this event ran at a profit. So this event existed to get footfall into the garden center, but it was making a huge loss financially. So for the next three years, aged 16, 17, and 18, I was basically the events manager of a Christmas grotto on crack. You'll be pleased to hear I somehow, not quite sure how, managed to make it turn a profit during that time. And I basically leveled it up to a place where there was event manager role and it was run quite clearly and it could be handed over. Now I was doing that up until age 18 and you might have heard me talk about before how I started my business accidentally at 17. So this job was really pivotal in actually how that accidental entrepreneur thing came about. So age 17, I was doing my AS levels. So your first year of that thing that you do before university, don't know what other people call that. And I was desperate to just go and do. I'd almost had this taste of a working life through doing this event management role. And I was just keen to get myself out of school and start doing it. I was definitely not what you would associate with a typical school dropout. Absolutely loved school, got great grades, was loved by the teachers, probably not so loved by my pals because I was definitely that kid that would say if they'd forgotten to ask for homework back. But hey, that was me. I'm not proud of it. But age 17, I was ready for something more than school. So you have to remember at that point, I thought that I wanted to be in events management. So when I was at a hotel breakfast one day in Peterborough, actually, of all places, I bumped into someone at the breakfast and started chatting with him. Now, this part of the story definitely sounds a bit creepy, but I can promise you it wasn't creepy. He was just a friendly guy and we were having a chat. And he was asking me what I wanted to do with my life. And I told him all about the elf thing. And I was like, I want to be an events manager. That's what I want to 
do. And he was like, that's great, that's cool. And he told me a bit more about what he did, which is that he ran a UK-based charity that supported schools and foundations and churches to set up charity initiatives within their work. And I was like, that's super cool, good for you. And I remember it so clearly, he gave me a copy of his book and I was like, cool, is that what people do when they meet each other at breakfast? I don't have a book, sorry. And he also took my email address because I think in his head, he thought maybe I'm gonna have something for you. And in my head, I just didn't think stranger danger, this is a bad idea. So off I went from that hotel breakfast thinking nothing of it. And I was actually driving home from a job interview in Bradford. I was so desperate to leave school. I was considering moving four hours up north to do a random job in sales administration, I think it was when I got an email from this guy and he was like, hey Alice, great to meet you a few weeks ago. Could I give you a ring? Again, stranger danger alarm is not going off in my head. I'm just like, of course, sounds great. So this guy rings me on my drive back down from a job interview, such interesting timing. And he's like, I have this role, do you want it? And the details of this role is that it was one to two days a week doing event management within his charity. It was okay-ish pay and it was on a freelance basis. Now this is where the whole accidental entrepreneur thing comes into play because I had no clue what he meant when he said, yep, we pay on a day rate and it's on a freelance basis. I just thought, cool, those sound like fun words. That sounds like money. That sounds like work off we go. So age 17, I took the leap from school to accept this job that was two days a week and completely insecure and I had no clue what it was gonna be like. It was definitely a conversation within my family and within my school about whether that was actually a good idea. I seem to remember no one thought it was and honestly I don't blame them because I think at the time I genuinely was just taking it because I would have done anything other than stay in school at that point. Obviously looking back, glad I took the risk, but I can't say at the time that I really understood the risk that I was taking. So I say yes to this role. I leave just before my AS level exams, still took them, still did okay, but didn't really try for it. And I start working within this company. And pretty quickly it becomes clear to me that number one, I am now technically self-employed because they made me do lots of tax things and HMRC things. And number two, the events job isn't ready yet. So when I start working with them, they're like, hey, we have this events role for you, but right now it's not ready. In a couple of months it will be. So in the interim, do you wanna run our social media? And at this point, you know, I'm 17. I've got a bit of Instagram. I've got a bit of Snapchat. I'm thinking I can probably do that, no probs. So I then start working for them one day a week doing social media management. And this is where things just began to snowball in a way that I don't quite understand even looking back. Because within the two month period where I was doing that interim role and I wasn't yet working in events, I managed to sign up a full set of social media management clients. The charity that I was working with was incredibly connected and I'd be attending and working at a lot of their events which were full of other business owners and other people working in the charity sector. So I guess just by word of mouth and me being the naive and enthusiastic and very excited 17 year old that I was, I managed to book on a full set of clients and I was suddenly now working in social media management. Now, even at this point, it didn't really feel like a business to me. Didn't have a website, didn't have a brand. I was just taking on these jobs, saying yes to everything, throwing myself at everything and really just seeing where I could take things. To everyone else in my life, I was this 17 going on 18 year old, traveling all around the country, making all this money, doing all these exciting things and they were obviously clapping me. I was super excited, I was having so much fun, I was feeling challenged, I was being pushed, so it felt like the best thing ever. However, the thing that I didn't have age 17 slash 18 was any understanding of my limits, of boundaries, and of the possibility of burnout. So I lasted about nine months doing this type of work, working honestly the most horrendous hours 
even worse than I do now. And just not taking any time outside of that to rest, to think big picture, to get clear on things, or just to spend time with friends and family. So I lasted nine months and everything came to a head in the January of 2017. So at this point, I disconnected from a lot of my friends because I'd now been out of school for a year and I'd obviously been in a completely different life stage to them. And my family, whilst they knew what was going on, I don't think really realized what I was feeling. And in honesty, I don't think I really realized it either. A lot of people around me had mentioned, hey, Alice, you maybe need to take a break and slow down and have a holiday. So when my family said they were going skiing in January 2017, I was like, cool, sounds good. I'll take a week off then. Let's go for it. And I remember boarding that plane and for the first time being disconnected from my work and from my emails and from something that had really become my identity and who I was. And I remember just feeling nothing. It sounds quite dramatic saying it now and looking back, but I remember at the time that was exactly what it was like. I didn't know who I was. I didn't really feel anything. I didn't feel happy or anything. I didn't feel sad about anything. I just kind of felt nothing. And I remember across that week of skiing, and you have to realize skiing is like my favorite, favorite thing in the world. I was just not that bothered by life. There was a good two or three days across that trip where I didn't go skiing. And I just sat in the chalet, in my bed, watching Netflix, just to pass time and feeling completely numb to what was going on. And whilst looking back, I can recognize that all of those feelings are just the signs that I was depressed and burnt out and overworked. At the time, I just didn't know what was going on. And I remember coming off of that holiday and just feeling like I couldn't start working again. The thought of opening my laptop, of doing something, of showing up to a meeting, of calling someone felt completely unrealistic and didn't even feel like something that I could begin to face doing. So I remember something in me in that moment just thinking, I cannot carry on. I called and emailed all of my clients. I ended those contracts. I stopped making money. And I just remember knowing that something was wrong and I needed to do something to figure out what that was. So from this point, what is then triggered is about six months of me being diagnosed with depression, spending a whole load of time in bed and doing nothing, going traveling, living off of the money that my business in that first year had made me, and really just starting to rebuild something that resembled a life. I know that sounds dramatic, but you have to remember in those first nine months of work, I disconnected from pretty much all of my friends. I hadn't done anything that resembled a hobby or something I enjoyed, and I didn't really know who I was. So within those six months, it was so messy, it was so not linear, but I very slowly began to rebuild myself, my life, and began to think about the possibility of coming back to work again. Now, I feel like I have to mention at this point, depression has not been something for me that only sat within that burnout stage. I remember reaching the end of my kind of six months of burnout and thinking, cool, depression, you have played your role, you have taught me some lessons, thank you very much, off you go. And if you've experienced mental health, you would know it's not linear and it does not play by your timelines. So for me, depression does still play a role in my life, but through regular therapy, a whole load of self-awareness and also medication, it's something that's managed and doesn't flag up like it did within that burnout stage. So at this point, we're getting to the autumn of 2017. I'm age 19 and I'm starting to think about the possibility of starting a business. Now, for the majority of that burnout period, I remember just thinking, flipping Nora, if that is what it took to be successful and run a business and be an adult, I never wanna do that again. I think one of the reasons that I didn't flag up in those first nine months of work that the way that I was working was a problem is just because I thought, well, that's the way it is. If you wanna be successful, if you wanna make money, if you wanna do cool things, you have to sacrifice a lot in the process. So it wasn't until I'd really worked through how I was feeling and I'd really rebuilt my own mental health that I'd begun to see something positive in the possibility of starting up a business again. 
Now, the big thing I knew at this point is that there was something about that work that I loved. There was something about social media and storytelling that I loved. And there's something about running my own business, being in control of what I was doing and pushing myself that I also loved. But the one thing that I didn't love and the one thing led to my burnout was the way that I was doing it. So I really sat down towards the end of this year and thought, what would it look like to step back into business, to step back into work, but do it in a way that feels good for me? And again, this was not as simple as I'm making it sound because it was a lot of thinking, a lot of doing, a lot of making mistakes, a lot of figuring it out. But I remember thinking I would love to talk about digital marketing. I'd love to zoom out from social media and talk more about digital marketing as a whole. I would love to tell people how to do it. I would love to help people figure out the best way for them to do it but I don't wanna be the person doing it for them. And I remember writing that down for the first time and feeling like that was a really selfish thing to say. I remember thinking I would love to work in digital marketing and I would love to talk about it and help people with it and share my expertise, but I don't wanna be the person doing it. And I remember sitting with that for a few weeks, looking at what other people were doing, looking at your classic American-based marketing gurus and realizing, hey, maybe this is actually something that's possible. And at that point, when I got my website made for the first time ever, because you have to remember in that first year of business, nothing was intentional. So there was no website, no title, no anything. I landed on the title of digital marketing consultant. Now, obviously a little bit different to what I call myself now. Like I said, I didn't get it perfect the first time. It took a little bit of action and subsequent failure to figure out the right way of doing things. But at that point, I thought that I wanted to go back to working with companies and corporates like I'd done before, but to be a digital marketing consultant and to consult rather than to do it for them. And pretty quickly over the next few months from trying to do some of that work, not having the best experience and not really feeling like it was bringing me much joy, I realized that I wanted to work solely with small business owners and entrepreneurs. So that was when I figured out the word that digital marketing coach felt like a much better fit. It was a language that I noticed other people in the industry was using and it was something that I felt comfortable with. Now, I think because within my first year of business, things had just snowballed so quickly and so exponentially, I kind of thought the same thing would happen again. And I remember paying to have my website done, which let me tell you was pretty shoddy compared to what I've got now, but it did the job and posting it on Facebook and telling everyone and thinking, cool, Off you go business, snowball for me, do that growth thing that you do and nothing happened. I didn't get any clients for a few months. Nothing really seemed to shift. I didn't really know what to do. And I was kind of just sat there waiting for this magical thing to click into place. Now, whilst I didn't necessarily have lots of clients and I wasn't doing a lot of paid work, I was really throwing myself into community at this point. One of the biggest things I think that led to my burnout within that first year was because I was completely isolated. And I remember honestly, and it makes me laugh thinking about it now, thinking that I was the only under 20 running your own business. And that seriously cracks me up because right now I am friends with and exposed to and working with so many brilliant young business owners, but I was so isolated that I honestly didn't realize what was out there. So across those couple of months when things weren't necessarily shifting in terms of getting clients or making money, I was spending loads of time getting connected. I was finding people on Instagram and realizing like, hey, there's these amazing people out there who are doing their own thing and proving that it was possible. 
I was getting myself into podcasts, I was joining Facebook groups, I was paying for memberships. And I guess what I was starting to do within these couple of months was understand what was possible. And it was actually within these months and from this community that I first came up with the idea for this very podcast. And when I talk about the launches that I've had within my business, this podcast was the very first one, February of 2018. And actually this podcast initially launched with a very different mission to what it has now. And again, for me, that just feels like total proof that you don't always know exactly what you want something to be or how it's gonna work until you do it. I remember this podcast started actually as a video series that I wanted to create, which would show young people what was possible by showcasing other business owners and talking about their stories. I guess what I wanted to create is something that I felt that I needed. You know, I'd come out of this year where I was completely isolated and I was now being exposed to all of these incredible people and all I wanted to do is sit down with them and be like, how did you do it? Like, what is your story? Tell me more. So I came up with the concept for a video series and thought, crap, that probably sounds like a lot of work. I don't necessarily know what I'm doing with video. You know, like I can use a camera and edit, but I feel like that's probably not the best thing to start with. Maybe I should start it as a podcast. And even though podcast felt like the easier option, oh my gosh, I did not know what I was doing. I remember reaching out to Kat from Gatto, who is now my brilliant web designer and friend and someone whose podcast was my first ever podcast I listened to. And I remember reaching out to her to be like, hey Kat, number one, uh, how do you start a podcast? just fill me in on that that'd be great Uh, and number two do you want to be my first guest and it snowballed from there in February of 2018 this podcast launched starting the conversation and at that point I was sitting down with a guest every single Tuesday to talk about their story and I was also releasing a solo episode every single Friday to talk about a digital marketing topic now two episodes a week I know, don't quite know what I was thinking and very quickly learned that that wasn't a sustainable plan and it maybe needed to be a bit more realistic to the amount of time it actually takes to host a podcast. But this podcast for me is where it all began. And I can honestly say this podcast is the biggest thing that has grown and shaped my business over the years. For the first six months, this podcast had absolutely no traction. Now again, that's not 100% true because some people were tuning in, but for about six months, there were 100 to 180 downloads per month. Now to put that into context, the podcast right now gets between 3,000 and 3,500 downloads a month. Again, very small compared to a lot of the bigger podcasts out there, but a huge leap on from where the podcast was for the first six months of its existence. But in a way, I think at that point, because the business wasn't much more than the podcast, it felt like a really good thing to be doing, even just for my sake, because it got me connected with other people. It kept me busy. It gave me a focus. And I guess I knew deep, deep down that at some point it would begin to shift to get that traction that I wanted it to have and have that impact. Now, up until the summer of 2018, my business was fully funded by the money that I'd made in my first year of business and also that events job that I was still doing across November to December. In that first year of business, I made a fair bit of money within what I did and I didn't have a personal life, so I had no reason to spend it. So within this first year of almost the second business, I was constantly grateful for that money because it gave me the freedom and the permission to just try things out without the pressure of needing to make money right away. However, like all things, money does stop at some point. And I remember reaching the summer of 2018 and realizing this is running out and I need to figure out something pretty quick. It was at that summer where I had the crying on the beach moment, which you'll be familiar with if you've followed me on Instagram or watched the video that I did about that pivotal moment in my business. And that for me was really the first time that I'd thought about stopping. 
You know, I'd been almost a year back into business. I felt like I'd tried a lot of things. I felt like I'd worked really hard and I didn't really feel like I was getting any traction. And whilst of course I was in love with the possibility of what I was building, I was getting just a little bit tired of believing in the possibility rather than seeing it actually come to fruition. But if you've watched the video I did on Instagram TV about that big shift that my business went on, you know that actually for me that summer was so, so pivotal in getting my business to where it is now. Whilst at that point, yes, I was calling myself a digital marketing coach and yes, I wanted to work with small business owners, the way that I was going about that was not at all my way. I was looking at how everyone else was running their own businesses and I was just thinking that is a successful way to do it. If you scroll back far enough on my Instagram, you'll see that the graphics I was using and the way I was speaking feels so, so different to the way that I show up now. And that's not because I've changed dramatically as a person, but that's because the way that I was running my business then was completely dictated by what I thought I should do rather than what I wanted to do or what I thought was best. And at that point in 2018, because it almost felt like the last chance I had to give things a go, I remember thinking like, hey, maybe the final way to try is gonna be my way. And of course that wasn't an overnight change which suddenly brought in clients, but over those next couple of months, things just begun to click into place. Towards the end of 2018, I remember thinking like, hey, this business actually feels quite similar to this business that I've talked about building and dreamed about building for so long. And it was because of that big shift that my business had gone on that I decided to launch the retreat. Now, of course, when you hear that story, you're thinking like, Alice, things have only really been quote unquote successful in terms of you making money and feeling like you've got traction for about three or four months. And then you launch the retreat in December of 2018. And yes, I think that just about explains my nature pretty well. But I thought, hey, my business has been on a huge journey this year. And the biggest thing that's facilitated that journey has been the fact that I've dug into the foundations of my business, thought big picture, and really shifted everything that I'm doing in line with that. And I was like, there is not something out there that does that for people. I guess that I should do it. So within November and December of 2018, I figured out that that would be best placed as a retreat. I came up with the name, Gather and Grow. I worked on the branding. I worked on the website. I reached out to the team. I put deposits down. I was running before I could walk, but damn, I did the thing. The retreat officially launched in January of 2019 and it was then hosted in the May of that year. Now between those two points, a lot of things again began to happen within my business. Things were continually becoming more clear, the big picture of what I was building felt more exciting to me and the way that I was building my business not only felt more joyful and gratifying but also felt really in line with the way that I wanted my business to feel and the way that I wanted to do things. So the retreat was on the way, the podcast was just starting to get the traction that I wanted it to have, my coaching was continually being booked and I thought, hey, this feels like a good time to level up again. Let's get a team member. Common theme in my story, probably running before I can walk and doing things before the business is ready for them to be done. But hey, I'm a bit of a believer that your business is never quite ready to be pushed to the next level. And the only way you find out if you can reach that is just by trying. So I remember thinking in order to take this business to the next level, whatever that's gonna look like, I need to have more time. So I came up with this idea that I was gonna hire a team member. 
I'd already worked at the start of 2019 with a VA and I realized how beneficial it was to have someone around to bounce ideas off of and to outsource to. So I remember thinking that I wanted to do more of that, but in a way that was more scalable and would serve the business in the long term. So I came up with this idea that I would hire a part-time team member who would help with project management and everyday tasks within the business. Emily, my brilliant team member who I now have and I hired within this process, can attest to the fact that it was probably the least formal interview process of her life. I remember just getting everyone's CVs, sorting through them by gut instinct, calling a couple of them, thinking about which one I preferred the sound of and being like, cool, you seem great. Let's go for it and see how this goes. And Emily's very first week of work, she was interviewed and hired in April of 2019, was the retreat. I mean, way to put someone in at the deep end. Her first official work with me was turning up to this retreat house for three days, being with 16 business owners and basically just being absolutely thrown in the deep end of not only my work, but also the people that I work with and the space that I'm in. I'm glad to say Emily absolutely nailed being thrown in the deep end. She's still here today. And in terms of investments that I've made in my business is 100% the most fundamental thing slash person that has helped to grow this business. Now both bringing Emily on board and hosting the retreat was a huge move for my business. It was a huge move financially and it was also a huge move logistically. There were both things that I'd never really done before. I 100% felt like I was pushing to a new normal and I'm gonna be honest, financially it really tested the business. I've never really allowed my business to get to a place where it just has steady finances because every single time I get a bit of money, I'm like, cool, what can I do with this? Let's level up this, let's launch this, let's work with Emily more. And whilst in hindsight, I can be like, I'm so glad I took that risk, it was worth it. I do remember at this point finding things pretty hard. From an outside perspective, it looked like things were going really well and they really were. The business was beginning to shift, to be more successful and be more impactful. But from an internal perspective, it was a really tough time within the business. I had to do a whole lot of pushing through, trusting my gut instinct and really just figuring things out as I went because so much of what I was doing was completely foreign to me and there was no one really around me that I felt I could look to who had done what I was doing because as it often is within business, I was doing something that I didn't feel like had been done before. So as we move through the rest of 2019, there was a couple of things going on. I was fully booked with coaching clients for the first time, which I honestly attest to the podcast clicking into place and me hosting the retreat. I rebranded my business and relaunched my website. I brought a new format to this podcast and switched it up to be something that I really enjoyed creating and really filled the gap of being something different within the small business world. And I generally just started to figure out actually what this business could look like. Towards the end of 2019, I remember realizing I love this business, but all my time is taken up and actually I wanna figure out how I can level this up. And there was a lot of things that led to this becoming a launch, but towards the end of 2019, I came up with the idea of the six week thing, a group coaching program, which basically pulls stuff outside of one-on-one -on -one coaching into a group setting where it's not only more accessible for people, but it's also done in a way that's more scalable for me and really lays the foundations for the ability for my business to grow over time. So 2019 was a pretty big year. There was a lot going on. I brought Emily on board. I hosted the retreat, relaunched the podcast, redesigned my website, rebranded, launched a six week thing, and also did quite a few things within that year that didn't work out. Something that I haven't touched on when I've talked about my story right now is actually the things that didn't work. Because I would say for me, my failures are easily the biggest things that have helped me to learn and grow and get clarity across the last few years. 
back at the end of 2017, when I was relaunching my business as a digital marketing consultant, I remember launching an online course. It was called The Fundamentals Inbound Marketing for Your Business. And it's funny because whilst all of the content within that course is still something that I use within my business today, it just wasn't done in the right way. The wording of it, the branding of it was so corporate and so icky and the way that it was delivered just didn't feel like a fit for my business. Something I've always come up against is that within what I do, the logical thing to launch to be scalable is a course. But for me, an online course where people just log in, get the content and go, doesn't feel like a good fit and doesn't feel like me at my best. So I launched that, no one was interested, no one bought it. However, people did want to work with me one-on-one in a more bespoke way. So actually through the failure of that course, I didn't just realize that courses was the wrong way to go for my business, but I also realized that coaching on -on one-on-one was the right way to go. Because what that course did do was it drummed up interest and actually the interest that it created wasn't in the course, but was in people working with me one-on-one. Fast forward to the middle of last year and I launched the shop. Now the shop for me was what I felt like might be the answer to that question of how do I scale a business which is one-on-one where I've got no more time, but I wanna do more with it. But by launching it, it having a level of success, but not the level of success and impact that I wanted it to have, I realized like, hey, this is still a question that I need to answer within my business. And shock horror, a couple of months on, the six week thing came to life, which felt like a perfect answer to that question. So it wasn't to me that that was a waste of time, a waste of money, a waste of investment, but was actually just what I needed to do to realize that solving that problem in my business was still a priority and that that wasn't for now the right way to do it. So here we are, January of 2020, and who knows what's to come. I feel like if the last three to four years is anything to go by, I have no clue what this year has to hold. And in honesty, I am so excited by that. This business is easily the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But every single time I push my business to a new normal and I have challenged myself to do something new and try something different, it has 100% paid off. Not always in the way that I thought it would have, but always in a way that serves the big picture of what I'm doing. Now, whilst this year, 2020, definitely has a lot more clarity to it than previous years ever have had, I'm still gonna bet that things are gonna happen and launch and pop up this year that I right now could not expect. There is a very exciting launch coming up in a couple of weeks. It is something that I have hosted before. You can probably guess what it is by me saying that, Uh, but I'm launching it in a way that I have never launched anything before. Once again, feels like I'm pushing to a new normal, but I'm so excited by it because if this business has taught me anything, it's that there is nothing that I love more than just pushing the boundaries of what I'm capable of and what's possible. So there we have it, the story so far. I hope this has been interesting. I hope I've not rambled on too much and confused any of you. If you've got any questions, I would love to hear them. All I'm gonna say is I need to copyright or trademark, don't know the right word, the book title Elf to CEO, because one day when I'm, you know, crazy successful and I've got the big team and we're making waves, that 100% is gonna be the book title. So just if any of you did used to be an elf and you wanna be a CEO, please, do me a solid, don't take my book name. But that's all I have to say. Over and out for another week. I will be back next week with a very exciting week for the podcast. We are approaching the second birthday of starting the conversation. Very exciting, very proud. So make sure you're subscribed and I'll be back in your ears next Monday with a very exciting set of episodes. (laughs) 